0: How are we all? I'll, uh, I'm more the introduction for Heidi the, this morning. I'm like the pump-up guy that you get before the uh, the event. Um, but it's exciting to be here. Uh, I get, get really nervous these days coming and speaking up here because I feel like it's it's occurring to me more and more that this is a incredible place. And uh, mum and dad have worked really hard over the years to really set... Uh, an atmosphere here and I always feel it when I get up here it's just like I don't know I just know that God really is gonna move from this place. Um but oh yeah I'll just I'll just share quickly and um uh, yeah we've me and Amy have been doing the Our Father and, and the fast and um we've I just feel that God's really is like clearing the distraction, is clearing the um the blockages from my mind as Uh, as we're going through it. Our fast is pretty silly, but it's like fasting the entertainment through the week. So fasting just like, it's easy to come home when you're feeling just smashed and Netflix and Facebook and stuff like that. So we're just like fasting that that through the week. And I've just felt like God said, yeah, this is a distraction that I'm wanting to remove. And uh, it's interesting because from that, I just really have felt these things on my heart, like specifically for our nation. Um, You know, like we've we've been praying for years, Lord God, please just do something in this nation. It's like, it seems like the the mountain just continues to grow. You know, like it can feel really impossible. And even in our own lives, it can feel so impossible, the mountains that are before us. And uh, it was when we gathered with the boys and Heidi and, Amy on Monday night, it's just like this, this song just really, and um, Wade just flowed out of us. And uh, it wasn't anything like you strive by. And I used to think like when we'd go to P&G and those guys would just write songs in front of you. I was just like, what the heck? Like these guys are outrageous. Um, but it was a bit like that. It was just like the cry of our heart just came out into music. And uh, I just felt, yeah, like I really believe as we sing in that song in this season, God's going to do something really powerful. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm just going to quickly pray and then I'll share a few things. Um, Lord, we just thank you for your presence here this morning. Lord God, I thank you that you're moving in this place and you're moving in this nation. Lord God, I ask that as we we fast and we we pray each day, Lord God, I ask that you would really speak to this, this body, this congregation, Lord God, and you'd give us direction of the ways to go. Lord God, as we, go, as we go forth, Lord God, into the future, Lord God, that you'd provide footsteps, Lord God, for us to step into. Lord God, as we go about it, Lord God, you'd give us revelation. Lord God, you'd remove the distractions from our daily life. Lord God, we just thank you for your presence. We invite your presence further into this place right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I always like to pray before I... Uh, speak, I just feel it's, a, it's an incredible thing just to invite his presence and recognise his presence here. Um, so just a few things that Dad spoke of last week. So just that daily, that daily revelation of who he is. Um, I really believe that in this, in this time it's really important. Like we can, we can go through seasons where we have a revelation for that season. So it can be like, oh, yeah, I'll go through that and i learn this and that's my revelation, I shouldn't do that or whatever. But I really believe changing your mindset to really focus on having that uh, intimacy with him each day and that revelation with him each day. So I've noticed just at, at work I can be distracted and I can be consumed by the things that are around me. But as soon as I change my mindset to, uh, to that encounter with him, to seeking that revelation, seeking that intimacy with him, it's just like he, he just comes in and he speaks to me, he speaks to me about people, he speaks to me about my circumstances, about my life, about my relationships, and uh, I just really believe that is a really powerful, powerful tool, is just to really have a revelation each day of who he is, because like we said in that song, it's just like one touch is not enough, like, you know, God can do so much through through one touch, but it's like we have to seek that every day, like if we're going to see this nation pulled back, we're going to We need to seek that every day, amen? So one of uh, the things he said was discipline happens first, but then we encounter delight. We must have discipline when we pray. And it's like throughout our nation, it's like the body, the church has lost its ability to pray and to be disciplined. You know, it's so important. And this is one of the pillars, he said, you know, this is one of the pillars that we uh, and worship that we should build the church on is, uh, is our prayer. And, you know, when, when you see a praying family, it's like that family's unshakable, amen? It's like you, you see that they've built something so strong. So sometimes where we can feel like we can be pushed to and fro is where, where we've, lacked our, uh, in, we've lacked the ability to push in and set those pillars in our lives. So when we, when we uh, establish a strong praying uh, atmosphere, or pattern in our life, it's like the pillars become strong, amen? Part of that discipline is taking responsibility. So it can be really easy to, when you go through things to not be responsible for where you're at. Someone else treated me badly. Maybe they did. But it's your responsibility to respond accu- accurately to that, Amen. So it's your responsibility to intercede for yourself and your family. No one else is responsible for your position but you. Your response to circumstances will define your position in the next season. Our position in the spirit should reign over our position in the natural. This is where it is won. Amen. Amen. That just blows my mind a little bit. Your response to circumstances will define your position in our next season. So it's like, just as I was writing this, I just felt for certain people here, you might be going through a really testing season and uh, there is that cliche, you know, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Your testing of your faith will produce patience. It's true. It's true. But I just felt like God said to me for a few people here, this is actually, the testing you're going through is actually an answer to your prayer. So when you pray, it's not like things happen always right then. When you pray, sometimes God drops a pin mark in five years from now and he says this is going to happen. That's where your breakthrough is. But in order to get there, it's like sometimes you have to walk through process. You have to walk through testing. You have to walk through trials in order for God to really test that vessel, to be able to test that vessel. So God has an incredible future and he has an incredible purpose for you. You know, if you shut your eyes and you think about what you're going through right now, it can be really hard to see yourself getting through where you're at. But I just want to encourage you, it's like God just said, said to me, I was thinking there, he said, don't worry, trust me with this season and if your response is right, I'm going to get you through it tenfold. So I just want you uh, just to claim that. Make it a habit to dwell in his presence. We can often have the pattern of only turning to him in times of trial. Dad spoke last week and he said, don't allow a gap between you and him. Pray until you feel him in your room. I know that when, in the seasons where I've really prioritised him and I've you know, really prioritised his presence above all things, through all seasons, God has really just blessed me. He's continued to bless me. Where I've, I've given of my finances when I've had none, he's continued to bless me, you know, and he continues to do that. The more I'm blessed with finance, it's like the more I give, the more I test myself to give because I know that is the pattern where God can bless us. So we need to do that with our worship. Dad spoke last week, I think it was John chapter 12, uh, verse 16, and it says, his disciples did not understand the things at first, but when Jesus was glorified then they remembered the, thing, the things that were written about him. It's interesting, isn't it? Like, even through the, the seasons, it's like we can, we can just forget. We can forget who he is. But when they glorified him, they remembered who he was. Amen? So it's super important, so important. In, in the season, every season you go through, stay close to him. Recognise his presence. I'm often, I'm just, people catch me just saying yes. I'm, I'm just agreeing to what God's speaking to me about and I look like a lunatic. Like uh, it happens all the time. I'm just, yeah, yes. And then I'm like, oh, shit, there's, I'm, there's people around. <laughs> but uh, make it a habit, habit to speak to him, to, to speak to him like you speak to the kids or the people around you. Amen. Is this good? When you know the name of the Lord, you'll be happy to stand in the mind of the battle, in the middle of the battle. I just believe that's incredible. Like just learning the names of Jesus is incredible, but just knowing the name of Jesus. I know where, when I'm around people, I've been around people of, of, you know, where I'm praying for them and I just can't seem to get through. And then it's like, you drop that name of Jesus and then it's like, boom, it just opens up. So, you know, just knowing the name of Jesus, speaking the name of Jesus in every circumstance in your life, amen? It's a a really important thing. So uh, I just want to, uh, just finishing up, I just want to just, I guess, just step into that. And I'm just going to pray. And I don't know, if you just want to close your eyes, and I just want you to really receive receive what God's doing, amen, before Heidi uh, comes. Lord, we just thank you. We just thank you for what you're doing this morning. Lord God, I thank you that you're speaking to this people. Lord God, I thank you that you're speaking to us in this time, Lord God, of fasting. Lord God, I thank you that there's, uh, there's barriers, Lord God, that you've got there, Lord God, in people's lives. Lord God, mindsets. Lord God, there's patterns that have been established over time. Lord God, there's ones that of their heart is right Their heart is right, Lord God, but they haven't been able to to get past that hurdle. Lord God, I just thank you for them right now. Lord God, I thank you that you're gonna move those barriers, Lord God. I thank you, like the tomb, Lord God, it was rolled away. Lord God, that, that barrier was rolled away and you stepped out, Lord God, and there was a miracle happened across the nations. Lord God, I thank you that you're going further into people's hearts in this time, Lord God, even through the testing and the trials, Lord God, I thank you that you're, you're, that is your process, Lord God, for making a perfect vessel. Lord God, I thank you that right now that there's a, there's a call, there's a call out to each and every one of them, Lord God, to take responsibility for where they're at. Lord God, to take responsibility for their actions, Lord God, their mindsets, the barriers, Lord God, Lord God, I thank you that as we, as we each day, we say that our, our Father, Lord God, Abba Father, Hallowed be Your name. Lord God, I thank you that You're rising to the top of our lives. Lord God, You're being set on the throne of our heart in Jesus' name. Lord God, right now, I thank you for healing in bodies, sickness. Lord God, I ask You to remove that right now. Lord God, that we wouldn't have to strive, Lord God, for that to take place. Lord God, right now, right now, Lord God, we receive Your healing. Just receive that, raise your hands. Lord God, we just receive that in the name of Jesus that by your stripes we are healed, Lord God. That as we ask of it, Lord God, it shall be given. Lord God, it shall be given right now, Lord God. Lord God, we receive that healing in our body, healing in our mind, Lord God, where there's been brokenness, Lord God, I ask there'd be restoration. Lord God, there'd be restoration amongst the hearts. Lord God of the minds. Lord God, that you're making a vessel. Lord God, that is unshakable. Lord God, and I thank you for unity. Lord God, for unity amongst families. Lord God, for unity amongst this church. Lord God, I ask that you would establish that right now. Lord God, where there's been a fence, I can see there's a fence amongst relationships right now. Lord God, we ask you'd remove that. But individually, you've got to take responsibility and go and make things right. I just see that's a real thing. Take responsibility and go and make that right with your brother. Lord God, we thank you for unity, Lord God, amongst this body, amongst this church. Lord God, I ask that you would restore this nation back to how you intended it. Lord God, that that is the cry of our hearts. Lord God, that we'd be able to come into a relationship with you, Lord God, in a way that influences the nation. Lord God, we just thank you that as we go away from today, Lord God, that you're just gonna begin to speak. You're gonna speak. You're gonna speak and you're gonna establish, Lord God. You're gonna establish things, Lord God. And I just thank you that right now, as we're praying, Lord God, and as we're receiving your word, Lord God, you're, you're readying the hearts. You're readying people's hearts to receive for the next season. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. Heidi, give her a clap.
1: Thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, I don't know if anyone saw um, on Facebook um, from last week, Uh, just as Pastor Brian was about to preach, he looked down at his Bible and there was a a rainbow, reflection of a rainbow from the chandeliers that looked like a heavenly highlighter, had just uh, fallen exactly on the Lord's Prayer. And I was like, oh, I wonder if it will happen to my Bible. And I put it down, I'm like, nope nope, it hasn't, it's not there. <laughs> but its it was really cool because the rainbow is a, is God's sign of promise and covenant. And I just believe God's, you know, highlighting from heaven saying, you're on the right track. This is a good season. And um, I just, it blew my mind. Uh, even that morning in prayer meeting, Pastor Brian walked around and goes, gee, I just love these rainbows everywhere from the chandelier. It's just like, They've always been there, but we just noticed them, and they were really bright and vibrant. And the next thing, it lit up the Our Father. So um, I just think God is is giving us a pretty awesome sign, and um, it all it all began actually with um, Kevin Lateral, who's not here this morning. Kevin and Rhonda are ministering in Maui, uh, City Builders, but <clears throat> he said to Pastor Brian that he really believed that God was. Talking to him about a season of prayer and fasting, and it resonated with Pastor Brian, and he went away and he said, "No, I really feel that God is is wanting us to do um, prayer and fasting around the Lord's prayer." And so many of us, for the last two weeks in this church, have been fasting something and praying the Lord's prayer together um, two or three times a day. And I know that in our home. it has just created such an openness in our hearts to God. It's really changed the atmosphere in our home. Um, it's it's like we've become, I know for me, very God conscious. Um, like I listen to the prayers coming out of Levi and Archie, and I'm like, wow, these boys are beginning to really encounter God in a new way. And it just means that you know our day hasn't been swallowed up just by the busyness of life. It's like. I'm, I'm hearing him, I'm seeing him in things, I'm, I'm understanding his word differently. So it's, it's just really an incredible season. So I wanted to stay on that um, this morning. Um, so um, I re- actually, how about we say it? This is like the most recited prayer ever. Um, it's the most well-known prayer. If you know it, say it with me. You ready? Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. See how good that feels? It's like something changes when you say it. And I just wanted to sort of break this down a little bit this morning. Um, But like it, it just contains a pattern for life. So, first God and His kingdom, then the earth, our provision, how to conduct our relationships, receiving and forgiving and giving forgiveness, His protection, overcoming evil. His sovereignty and a declaration of His power and authority—that just touches everything and it changes everything. Um, but you know, today, uh, this week, as I when I heard that um, I was going to be preaching, it's just like God just gave me such a revelation of the very first line. And I know you guys are probably like, I want to I go deeper into the Lord's Prayer because last week we just did the first line as well. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But there's so much in it. It's like the foundation for the entire prayer. Um, it all begins with two words, our Father. Everything else comes from that. And that God just spoke to my heart about that so strongly. So I just wanted to share some things. It's not, um, it's not perfectly laid out as my usual style, but that's okay. It's a bit, you know, free flowing, free form. Um, so the first two words, "Our Father," I believe tells us three things: who He is, who we are, and how we relate to others, who others are in our lives. So the first thing, who He is, this is an incredible thing that God would call Himself our Father. You know, God could choose to relate and connect with us, His creation, in any way He wants, but He chose that He would be our Father and we would be His sons and daughters. He set up this connection like a family. He made it more personal than anything else. So He's not just you know, the father of creation. He's not just the father of Jesus, but he is your father. He's Dave's father. He's Christy's father. He's my father. He's Levi's father, Joy's father. He's our father. And it, and Jesus makes this so personal to us. And I'll, I'll unpack that a little bit later, but he is a personal God. This is the essence of his identity. He made us his sons and daughters This speaks of his infinite, unconditional love for you. So anyone who is a parent would sort of get a little sense of the heart of God by what happened to your own heart when your children were born. But even then, it's only a little sense because his heart for you is far beyond anything that you can comprehend, so this morning, if you, you know, don't leave here with anything else, know that God loves you and He wants to draw you into His heart and know you like a son and daughter and you for you to know Him like your own Father, your very own Father. Even if you don't have a good earthly Father, you have the best heavenly Father. It is incredible. So, um, you know, throughout the Bible, like John mentioned, um, God has had a lot of names and each name reveals a dimension of his character. So, you know, we, we uh, sung about it this morning. Um, Jehovah Rapha is our healer. Um, Jireh is our provider. El Shaddai is the almighty God. And in the Bible, when we see God reveal these elements of his character to people, those people who received that revelation of him actually took on that identity and they took on that nature, that characteristic of God, and out of that flowed their purpose and their calling. And all of a sudden, they were activated and they they did amazing things. So for example, God revealed Himself to Moses as the deliverer, of, deliverer and Moses became the deliverer of Israel, led the Israelites out of Egypt. He became what he saw. So what we become, what we behold. That's why it's so important to audit what are you beholding? What are you looking at? What are you doing with your life? Because, you know, things can captivate and capture our heart and our attention so quickly. So I know we've had this um, discussion in our family, you know, we don't, we don't want to be like completely religious and shut down all technology or anything like that. But we, we have to learn how, like to make God our priority. And it's so easy to quickly, you know, our attention gets captivated by social media or anything else, anything else the culture of the world throws at us. It's a very addictive culture and there's elements of addiction everywhere. And as soon as something captures your attention, it actually captures your heart. And what you're looking at It's you become. So, you know, I know that I I find it really sad when I open up social media and I see these sweet girls who, you know, maybe Levi and Archie went to school with, all of a sudden look very different. (laughs) And I think they're just becoming what they're beholding. It's a product of the culture. So what I want to say this morning is don't become a product of the culture. Change what you behold. Behold Him and become a product of heaven. It is amazing how much you change when you change what you see um, and you pursue Him. So, you know, uh, to Joshua, God revealed himself as the commander of the Lord of hosts and Joshua became the warrior who led Israel into its promised land and beat every giant on the way in. Uh, He took on that warrior dimension of God. Um, And to Jacob, God revealed himself as the God of Israel and out of Jacob came the 12 tribes that became the nation of Israel. It's incredible. So... You know, if you're confused or if you're not sure who you are or what you should be doing, it's all answered when you have a revelation of God. There is just one thing you need to do and that is pursue Him. Pursue Him for that revelation. He will give it to you. But the ultimate revelation of God came through Jesus. He revealed not just the characteristics of God, He revealed the heart of God, the heart of a Father, the Son revealed the Father. The Son pointed to the Father. He actually said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. This is amazing because all throughout the Old Testament, there were only singular dimensions of God revealed at moments of history when those characteristics were needed. Israel needed a deliverer the deliverer is revealed. Israel needs needs to, to be birthed as a nation. He comes as the God of Israel, reveals himself to Jacob. Israel needs a warrior spirit to overcome all these giants of the land. He reveals himself as a warrior. But the change in history comes when Jesus says, this is my father. If you've seen me, you've seen him. And all of a sudden, all the questions about God are answered in Jesus. So, you know, I find it strange that from the beginning of time, humanity has sort of turned itself in knots trying to discover who God is or explain who God is or interpret who God is. And even now, when you watch Q&A, which I don't, I used to. (laughs) But if you, you know, watch shows like that, The conversation seems to always come back to it. And there's so many different interpretations. Uh, But Jesus cleared all of that up. He cleared up all the confusion. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what Father God is like and what His heart is like for you, because sometimes with us in a broken, fallen world, maybe our Father hasn't been the best representation of love All you have to do is look at Jesus, look at the Gospels, put yourself in the Gospels and see what He does. So He fed the hungry, He healed the sick, He raised the dead, He made the lame walk. Um, He worked signs, wonders and miracles. You know, imagine you are the paralysed man that He raised up or you are Lazarus who came forth from the tomb or Jairus' daughter who was raised to life or the woman at the well who was transformed in an instant or the demoniac who had spent years is, you know, like bound in chains and tormented and all of a sudden set free and praising God. That is you, all of those things God wants to do in your life. He wants to set you free. He wants to transform your heart. He wants to help you walk again, live again, raise you up, resurrect you. That is His heart for you. So don't let any, don't let the culture of the world twist in interpretation of God. If when you discover the Jesus of the Gospels, you've seen God, you've seen the heart of your Father. So Before Jesus, no one had ever referred to God directly as Father. In some Old Testament passages, God describes himself as the Father of Israel, and sometimes his qualities are compared to that of a paternal father. But he was never called Father on a personal level. In fact, prior to Jesus, no one in any religious tradition spoke of God as a Father. So when I learned this, I'm like, shivers, I just realised how revolutionary Jesus was on a relational level. So he's like, relationally revolutionary. (laughs) Like, this is blowing my mind. So, (laughs) um, sorry, you know it's winter in Gippsland when everyone starts coughing and spluttering. Um, But Jesus made God so personal and so close and it actually... It actually really angered a lot of people. And you think, why would that be? You know, God, the God of heaven and earth coming close to our hearts, drawing us in, wanting to adopt us as his sons and daughters. How come that is so offensive? But it was. It outraged the religious leaders. They understood, um, it could be argued that they sort of understood God as their father in a way that, a potter may be called the father of his clay creation, but Jesus revealed God as his father in the most personal family type of way. He used the word Abba, which is in English our equivalent of daddy or papa. He said, Abba, father, daddy, God, papa, God. You know, that absolutely angered so many people, religious people, um, they accused him of blasphemy and they said he should be killed for it. So in John 5.18, it says, that uh, was reported, he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So the thing, the question I asked first was, why did it make people so angry that this enormous God, infinitely powerful God would want to love us at such a personal level. To me, that is good news. But to the religious leaders, it was offensive. It was blasphemy, worthy of crucifixion. And I believe one of the reasons is locked up in that Scripture. He was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. And it's because when we are sons and daughters it changes our stature and it changes our position. It's not just describing an incredible intimacy you can have with God in your own personal spiritual life. It actually has ramifications far beyond you. It's like you can approach God boldly uh, in worship and prayer and have an incredible intimacy, but if you're a son and daughter of God, that connection, that father-son, father-daughter connection also has effects that are far beyond your life. So it, um, it changes our position and stature, sonship. So Jesus was in trouble for two reasons, calling God Father in the first place it was too personal <laughs> and uh, knowing that the implications of sonship meant that he was, his position and his stature was far too much for the Pharisees to handle. So, when you become a son, you become elevated. You are an heir of God. You are an heir of God. Um, so, believers can be tossed to and fro, even disciples can be tossed to and fro. You know, Peter looks so solid all the way through. Um, you know, even Jesus said, on this rock, Peter, the revelation of you that you had, the Father gave you that I am the Messiah. On this rock, I will build my church. Yes, what a good disciple. You'd be like, I'm the top dog. And then Jesus is crucified and he denies him three times. So he goes from here to, well, where's he gone? They, the disciples were scattered They were afraid and scattered. So even disciples can be tossed around. But sons and daughters, they are steady. They are strong. There's a strength in that position. There's a stature in that position. There's an authority in that position. It's a place where God can uh, release and give you things, inheritance, unlock spiritual blessings, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, as it says in Ephesians. So... Uh, Jesus' revelation of God, the way he revealed him to us as Father, was so revolutionary because it would change the way the world and humanity saw him and related to him forever. So not only was it revolutionary for Jesus to call him Father, but what blows my mind even more than that is that he taught us, us to call him Father, So He's almost making us equal with Him. And it sounds even, not blasphemous, that's not the right word, but it, it blows my mind to think of it. I'm like searching the Scriptures going, is that right? And then I found all these Scriptures. It's like, yes, He's the firstborn of many brethren. It is actually God's intention to send Jesus, not just so that we are healed and saved and delivered, but so that we become sons and daughters. So in Ephesians 1, 3 to 5, let me read that. This was, it tells us that this is his plan all along. It said, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. That is such a beautiful text. He's predestined, He chose it before the foundation of the world for every single person here to become His sons and daughters. And it is the pleasure of His goodwill. He loves it when we do that. We shouldn't be afraid of that. We shouldn't be like, oh, that's blasphemous. Is that right? No, He wants to draw you in as close as possible. He did so much. He like moved heaven and earth so that you would have that intimacy with Him. So... So when the disciples said, uh, you know, how should we pray? Teach us how to pray. I think it was because there was probably a lot of people around praying very publicly, but nothing really going on. You know, Jesus talked about um, don't be like the Pharisees who go out and lift up their voice in the streets and pray so loud, and, but there's nothing going on in their hearts. You know, so I, it sounds like to me that prayer was a fairly public thing, but not necessarily a powerful thing. And the disciples would have seen the incredible difference when Jesus prayed. And that's why I think they would have been like, teach us how to pray like that. How do we do that? And it all started with two words, our Father. And the translation that uh, in the original Greek is... Is the, is the Abba Father, or the Greek version of that, of Abba. So it, it's the personal Father. It's the Abba Father who is in heaven. Like, my dad who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, your holy name. That is so beautiful. Like, wow, you're in heaven and you're so holy, but I'm addressing you as my dad, my Abba Father. That's Amazing. So not only does the Bible say that uh, Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren, it also in the book of Hebrews says that he will bring many sons unto glory. So this is the heart of God and the intention of Jesus that we wouldn't just leave as believers or not even just as disciples, but we would become his sons and daughters sons and daughters who unlock the full blessing of their relationship with their heavenly father. So, you know, let's not waste the revelation that Jesus gave us. You know, he he is your dad, he is your papa, he's your Abba father, he he loves you. He couldn't make it any more personal or spell it out any clearer. Um, You know, I just think that Think about Jesus, you know, leaving His throne, leaving heaven, coming to earth, humbling Himself as a man, ministering to people, feeding the hungry, teaching, preaching, raising the dead. And then three years of ministry, He's tortured, He's falsely accused, He's crucified, He uh, goes to the grave, He's raised from the dead, He ascends to heaven and He sends His Holy Spirit. He goes through all of that, not just so that we would be, believe in him. Like that's, you know, about 1% of what you can, can unlock. He, did, he gave that incredible sacrifice and that incredible example so that we could become sons. We could become sons and daughters of God. That's amazing. Let's not, don't waste that sacrifice, that revelation. So uh, when you become a son, it affects more than you. It has a generational effect. It has a regional effect and even a national effect. And don't worry about the language I'm using, sonship, daughter, it doesn't, son, daughter, whatever. Like it actually says in the New Testament that in him there is neither slave nor free or Jew or Greek. So what what God is saying is that there's nothing dividing us, Um, not your status, not your earthly status, not your race, not your ethnicity, not your gender, Sonship is something that we can all come into. It doesn't matter the language that we use. It's just easier to say. (laughs) Um, So uh, in sonship, there is inheritance. So it's like you're written into the will. Like God wants to release things. He wants you to inherit things. He wants to give you things. But that only comes to sons and daughters. So in Psalm 2, God says, you are my son, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. That is amazing what you can unlock as a son. When you come to that place of sonship, you can boldly approach his throne and you can ask for nations, for cities, for families, for workplaces, for streets, for neighbourhoods. That is incredible authority. And the whole reason we do that is because we want to bring His kingdom here. Just as the Lord's Prayer says, let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus said, the kingdom is in you. Like that was another revolutionary thing He said for another time. But the kingdom is in us. We carry the kingdom with us. And the Bible says that His kingdom is righteousness, joy and peace. So we are saying, God, give us our nation or give us our city because we want to see righteousness, joy and peace established through us. It doesn't just fall out of heaven and flop on the earth. It comes through His sons and daughters, through His people. So people think, you know, I know I've read Psalm 2 and, and other similar Scriptures and I've thought, oh, but that's God speaking to Jesus. It doesn't have anything to do with us. I think that's wrong because we are joint heirs with Christ. So what is given to Christ, we share in. We are ruling and reigning with Him in the heavenly places. So it's not just the nations are, are the inheritance of Jesus, it's Christ and His church. We share that inheritance. It's, it's incredible to think of that. Um, the second point of the Our Father is that it shows us who we are. So when you find who He truly is, you find who you truly are. So just as, you know, Moses became the deliverer when he met the deliverer. Joshua became the warrior when he met the warrior. We become sons and daughters when we meet the Father. In Galatians 4, 6, it says, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of His Son Into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir through God. You are an heir. So, this is incredible because naturally, we all have a sinful nature. We live in a fallen, sinful world. So, there is nothing in our nature that is common with God's. He is divine, we are natural. He is of heaven, we are of earth. He is holy, we are sinful. And we are separated from Him because of that sin. But through the shed blood of Jesus, we are forgiven and redeemed. So the one factor that was separating us has been overcome completely in His death and resurrection. And we're reconciled with Him. That is the point of salvation. We are saved. We are going to heaven. We have an eternity with Jesus. That's amazing. That's the greatest miracle. But there is more than that. That is not the end of the story here. It's not just what Jesus did. There is sonship. And it takes place through the Spirit. So after Jesus, um, you know, when Jesus uh, rose from the dead and He was on the earth Uh, for a period of time and he was with his uh, disciples and his followers and telling them of what, what was to come, they were obviously probably distressed. And he said, I will not leave you orphans. I will send my spirit, the spirit of truth, to guide you in all truth. Incredible. Without his spirit, we are orphans. But that's not God's heart. He's like, I've done all of this to save you and redeem you and forgive your sins, but I won't leave you orphans. There is more, there is sonship. Let my Holy Spirit guide you into a place of sonship. So God sends His Holy Spirit, the Spirit of His Son into our hearts and that Spirit causes a cry to come out from deep within our hearts. And that cry is Dad, Papa, Abba, Father, so that indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit grafts us into the life of God and that's how we become born of God, born again. That's where that phrase born again Christian comes from because you know before that we we were of the earth and he was of heaven and there was a great chasm between us and sin separating us. But not only has Jesus redeemed us and and taken away that separation, reconciled us to him, but he's given us His Spirit so that we actually become born of God, born again, not of the earth, not of natural, not of corrupted things, but of heaven. And that's how we share in the life of God and that's how we become children of God. Now, that Scripture in Galatians and also in Romans 8 <coughs> shows us that there's really two categories here. There's only two slave or son. It's not like slave, saved, believer, disciples, and then son. It was only two, slave and son. And this is what I wanna tell you, that it is possible to be saved, it's possible to be a disciple, and still be a slave of sin. Still wrestle with sin issues. And it's like, we can fall into the trap of trying to control our behaviour. Religion, you know, as the spirit of religion, because it will try, it won't worry about the, the real root causes or the heart of the person. It'll just worry about trying to control the behaviour and change the, natu- you know, the appearance on the external. But... God's Spirit is the opposite of that. It's not about the external, changing the external. It is about transforming the internal, the heart of the man or the woman, changing the spirit of that man and woman. And out of that, the fruit will flow. So, you know, it's not, I've seen Pastor Brian and Lynn do this over many, many, many years. They are the real deal. Some Someone comes in with sin issues in their life, they don't, freak out about it. They lead them. They lead them beautifully towards the Father. So you know a Father of the faith, a spiritual Father of the faith, they won't just point you to to God the deliverer or God the healer or, you know, all of those characteristics. They will actually point you and connect you to the heart of the Father. And that changes everything. When I found God as my Father, I knew Him as my Saviour. I knew Him as my teacher, my closest friend, my counsellor, my redeemer. I truly, truly knew Jesus. I truly did. He changed my life. But in so many areas, I was still a slave. I was actually a slave to fear, to intimidation to a whole lot of things in my, in my past that had, was still traumatising and hurting me. But the moment I began to discover him as my father, he changed my identity. He changed my nature. Like I I, I laugh about it now. I say to, I think I said to Archie earlier this week, um, when I first came to the church, I was Archie's age, no one saw my face. Pastor Link can attest to this, probably Renee too. No one saw my face for a few weeks (laughs) because it was hidden under hair (laughs) and and I was so shy. I thought that was my personality, that I was just a shy, introverted, scared little girl and I'd be like that forever. Actually, I'm not. I'm actually not. I still get afraid, I still get intimidated, but God has completely transformed me and when I feel scared and intimidated, I come back to pursuing God and all of a sudden it gets broken off my life again, it's not a big deal. So what I'm saying is that, you know, you can meet Him as your Father, your life is going to change, it's not going to be perfect, but he's going to keep changing you from glory to glory, strength to strength. It's like, as you know, you're beholding in a mirror that transformation. It is incredible what he does. So, slave and son, you can still be a slave to sin, if you, even if you are saved, even if you're a disciple. But when you become a son, you begin to break those chains you really begin to break limitations over your life. This is a whole nother plane in the spirit that you're living on. And I just wanna help people get there this morning because I know that God's just done this in our lives and we're not perfect, but we feel like we just live such victorious lives. It doesn't mean we have perfect harmony all the time or everything's rosy, but when things hit us, it's like God just elevates us. There's a grace. There's a grace to rise above. There's a grace to overcome every limitation. Um, so, sorry, I got lost because I ad libbed. <laughs> Um, But I did just want to mention here that um, I really felt like, you know, I had this dream a few weeks ago and I knew, I felt like the the heaviness and significance of this dream and I didn't quite know, I knew what it meant on a superficial level, but I knew that there was more to it. Uh, And it was like, God, you know, please reveal this to me. And then last week when Pastor Brian preached, I just knew I had to release it even though I didn't quite have the full meaning of it. But I wanted to tell you here today because the people I saw in this dream that are here today, (laughs) don't freak out, it's a good dream. But (laughs) like I had a dream weeks ago that it was like there was a real spirit of sonship and a father in grace that, that... came upon this house was like God's Spirit was moving in a very specific way. And His Spirit was like, just like I said from before, Galatians 4 and Romans 8, His Spirit coming into hearts and causing us to cry, Abba, Father. And that's a, that is the adoption process. It's the moment of that adoption. I actually saw that Spirit coming into the hearts of our men in this church And one by one, I saw them stand up, like really stand up, like not just a little, you stood up. It's like you stood up and there was a new position and stature in the Spirit as you stood. And out of the depths of your heart, each one, one by one, cried, Abba, Father. And something started changing in the atmosphere, not over the church, over the city. And in this, in this dream, I just saw like these men begin to stand up and the, the cry that was coming out of your heart, it was like breaking the curse of brokenness and the, that orphan spirit that is out in the world. So you know what, uh, if God, if Jesus came, not just to save us and redeem us, but also to help us become adopted as sons and daughters and know the Father heart of God. Do you know what the devil is going to do to counteract that? He's going to break that connection on the earth. He is going to take out men. He's going to take out fathers. And through the broken families, there is going to be generations of children that don't understand the concept of father because they've never been loved as a son or a daughter. This is on my heart so strongly because this is my story. And I just couldn't comprehend God as my father. I just didn't get it. It's not that I disagreed with it. I I knew him as my, like I said before, as my my friend, my saviour, my healer. But I didn't know him as my father because I just didn't know what that connection looked like. I didn't know how to relate to him. Uh, It's because I had been ripped off by family breakdown, by divorce, by just a whole lot of dysfunctions that had left me completely broken and without either parent in my life. That is not the work of God. That is how the devil is ripping off people. And my heart is for Children out there and young people who have grown up not knowing how loved they are and how special they are and having that brokenness in their heart and feeling like they don't belong anywhere, feeling like an orphan. And I think this is why there's a generation that has been hit with such confusion when it comes to identity. And it's like what I know the cry of my heart in prayer for many years has been like, God, what do we do? What do we do about these these people, these children, you know, this generation? Like we can't adopt them all (laughs) naturally, have them all living in our house. But it's like in that dream, it's like I saw God answering my prayer and it was men standing up to a new place in the Spirit and that cry in their heart unlocked I saw chains, like I saw chains falling off people's lives. I saw chains of slavery falling off your life because you'd become a son. You cried out to God and He adopted you. You became His son. He sent His Spirit into you. And I saw that cry and that freedom begin to unlock a curse, like break a curse out in the city. And all of these orphans, all of these spiritual orphans, all of these natural orphans, all of these broken people in this generation coming to the Father heart of God, coming to the house of God and finding their Father, finding their identity. So I wanted to say to the men of this house this morning, you are a key that can unlock this city. You are a key, it is so amazing, it is so amazing. So you are very important, it's like manhood has been attacked in our culture, it's been called toxic. And yes, there are definitely toxic men, definitely. But it's like God is raising, wanting to raise up a generation of fathers, father figures, men in our church who reveal true manhood. That's not toxic, it's not effeminate, it's not anything else, it's true manhood. And it comes from deep within them, from the spirit of Christ. So the third point is, it shows us how to treat others. So when we know God is our Father, we know we are His sons and daughters, it also doesn't only change the way we see ourselves, it changes the way we see other people. Because when God is our Father, all of a sudden, you're not just anyone. You're not just church members. You are my brothers and sisters. You are my family. Alex, you're my family. I don't even know you very well. You're my brother. And that's how this works. And all of a sudden... It's like there is a real anointing, like a real love of God in that. Like it's very profound um, because it's not a superficial thing. Like I feel like my heart is drawn to people in this place in a way that it only would be drawn to close family members. Even if I don't know you in the natural that well, it's the spirit in you is the same as the spirit in me because it's the spirit that came from Him and all of a sudden, brother and sister, brother and sister, sister and sister, brother and brother. Uh, and that is the birthplace of honour. Yeah. That is the birthplace of accurate relationships. So, you know, we don't want, we don't want, you know, Pastor Brian and Lynn, I am. I just want to honour them this morning because I see how they have had a revelation of God and used it to build the church in a certain way that reveals the heart of God. So this is where in our youth group, you know, we don't want all sorts of relationships coming out of that. It's brother to brother, sister to sister, brother and sister. It is the birthplace of honour. It is something that we come back to because of His Spirit that is in our hearts. Uh, We cannot violate that. That is how we honour one another. Um, so when we are family this changes everything so there's always going to be opportunity for offences Jesus told us that but we cannot let it take root in our hearts we can have disagreements but we cannot have division uh, because it's like there is a line that we do not cross because you're, I, I honour the spirit of Christ in you and you honour the spirit of Christ in me uh, it's like he is the father that holds it all together. <laughs> um, so we have to love one another. We have to prefer one another, serve one another. Um, some have said, you know, in the 1800s, there was a, I think there must have been a real revelation of of God as our father. And back, all the way back then, there was biblical scholars who studied the Word and they boiled it down to two points. They said all of Christian teaching can be summarised in two points, the brotherhood of man and the fatherhood of God. So if He is our Father... We, there is a brotherhood that governs the way we relate to each other, governs the way we see one another, governs the way we deal with disagreements or, or things that, you know, aren't working. Uh, it doesn't mean that we have to pretend that everything's rosy. It governs the way we interact. We interact with honour. And then the next, the, the next word, our Father who is in heaven... I just was going to do the Our Father bit, but I want to do this quickly as a bonus. (laughs) Because this also blows my mind. I just feel like I'm saying that too much this morning. But it's so profound because He is of heaven, not of the earth. You know, what is of the earth becomes corrupted by sin, but what is of heaven is holy. Thank God we have a dad in heaven who loves us the line that line who it also speaks of his position he is sovereign he's ruling and reigning over all and when we begin to see things from his perspective in heaven our again our stature changes everything the way we operate changes the way we pray changes the way we relate the way we deal with adversity changes so we can be struggling On this earth, and sometimes as Christians, we're struggling and we're so desperate for God to like calm down and rescue us. But what I have learned, and He does do that, He definitely does that. But what I have learned is that there is another element to this where God goes, Come up here and let me show you where I am from where I am. And that is uh, a place where you're no longer in desperation, you're actually. Elevated, you're, you're ruling and reigning, and that's what Jesus Jesus did for us to so that we could be seated with him in the heavenly places. So it's in, in Revelation 4, God says to the Apostle John, Come up here and I will show you. So it says John was immediately in the spirit and in the throne room of heaven, and describes everything that happened on the earth from that throne room perspective. So It's like God doesn't want us to see what is going on on the earth from this perspective because it looks hopeless. It's earthly. It's a natural point of view. And from that point of view, it's hard. But from the throne room point of view, it's completely different. It changes everything. So This is a favourite quote from Pastor Brian back in 2018. You can actually find it on our social media. He said, When you're working things out on the ground, you see the problem. When you allow God to take you up in the Spirit, you find the answer. So I wanted to say this morning change your position. You know, it's, it's not a bad thing to be a believer or a disciple on your knees. God, help me. That's normal. We've all done it. But I want to say that that's not the only way. That you can actually change your position, become a son and stand in the Spirit, in a place in the Spirit. Because your father is in heaven. He's not of the earth. And he says, come up here and let me show you your problem from a throne room perspective. Let me show you um, this issue from a th- what Let me show you what's happening in the nations from a throne room perspective. I know that I can see things play out in politics or you name any area of our world. And it's, pretty much all declining and you can feel so broken and defeated and depleted, but it's like no, there is a different perspective. Um, because down here I'm not I'm not gonna operate like a defeated person. I'm gonna be a son who rises up in the Spirit, in the heavenly places and begins to see what God is doing. And then it's important that you see what He sees because then you can say what He says. So from that throne room perspective, you can start speaking to your situation and you watch it turn around because there is authority in that place. There's not just desperation. You know, desperation on your knees, that's one thing, but authority in the heavenly places, that's where we're called to live. So... I wanted to say this morning that <clears throat> Jesus isn't the exception. He is the example. He came as a son to reveal the Father so that we could become sons who know the Father, just like He did. Um, he said, you know, when, people, when you see me, you see the Father. And He also said, um, greater works than these you will do. So it's like even greater things than Jesus, we can do on this earth, and when people look at us, they will see Jesus. They will see the Father. They will know who God is, who God truly is. So, I hope this. I don't know if this is speaking to you this morning, but I I just see across this church. I see I see believers becoming sons and daughters. I see God drawing you up, pulling you up. Every time you say this prayer, our Father who is in heaven, you know you can say it as a son, as a daughter, as a joint heir of Christ Himself. You can say it with authority and you can begin to see things turn around. Um, I just believe God is elevating these people, this house, this church, because there is a, a city out there who needs who needs the Father, who needs to know the heart of the Father. So they, they need sons and daughters who will reveal that to them. So I hope this is... Actually, I just really would like to pray for you. Is that OK? Is that OK, Nanny? Maybe, um, yeah, maybe get the band up. But um, I would love to give everyone an opportunity to come to the front. If you really want to respond to this in your heart, come to the front. Uh, if you want to know God, if you want to know Jesus as your Saviour and God as your Father, this is where it happens. <laughs> and I don't know what it is, but there is, um, when you take a step of faith out of the safety and security of your seat and you come to the front, it's like there is a there is a weight of His glory here that just everything becomes so real. Um, hearts are so open. But more than that, I would love to just, if maybe if we could all stand, I would just love to lift up our hearts in prayer, lift up our Father, exalt Him, praise Him, thank Him. So let's just raise our hands and close our eyes. Our Father who is in heaven, we worship You. We thank You for everything You have given us. We thank You, Father God, that You have come to us to reveal Your heart, that You sent Jesus, Your Son, to show us who You really are. Father, that You've made a way for us, Lord, not just to be saved and redeemed and forgiven, but to know You in the most personal and intimate way as our Father, as our Dad, as our Abba Father. And Father God, right now, we just pray, Lord, for Your Holy Spirit just to descend on this house. Lord, send Your Spirit the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption into our hearts. Lord, help us to cry out, Abba, Father, from the depths of our hearts, Lord God. Lord, to leave behind every chain, every sin, everything that's held us back, every feeling of uh, timidity or inferiority or, or intimidation. Lord, let us rise up to become sons. God, we thank You that Your Spirit, Your Spirit is bringing many sons into glory. We thank You. Your Spirit is adopting many men in this house, many children, many women. Lord, we want to thank You that You are transforming us from the inside out. Lord, that we don't have to change our external behaviour, but God, we have to just open our hearts to Your Spirit, invite You in to the deepest place, to the hidden places, to our innermost being. Lord Jesus, we welcome You this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome You into our hearts. Lord, we thank You. Jesus, we thank You and praise You for Your sacrifice, for everything You've given. We thank You, Lord Jesus, for paving a way to the heart of the Father for us to follow Your example. Lord, we thank You this morning. We thank You this morning that something is happening in our hearts that is gonna unlock a city. Lord, that is gonna lead many orphans home, that is gonna restore many people to the heart of the Father. Lord, we thank You that the decisions we make today, Lord God, don't just affect us. God, they affect our city, our nation, our children, our children's children. God, Thank You, Lord God. You are raising us up, Lord God. You are raising us up and elevating us above the sin, above the power Jesus you'd begin to turn hearts you'd begin to show up to people Father revealing yourself to them God we thank you that you are working and you are moving your spirit is moving Lord we invite you here today we exalt you we worship you we honour your presence we thank you Jesus Father we thank you for your love we thank You for the love that changes everything. We thank You for the love that is unconditional, is infinite. The love that sent Jesus to earth. The love that moved heaven and earth so that we could know You in the most personal way. Father God, we just open our hearts to You this morning. We receive Your Spirit. We receive that Spirit of adoption. We thank You that it, our past doesn't matter to You, Lord. It has been redeemed. It's been forgiven. God, we thank You, Lord, for our destiny in You, for our, our identity in You. We thank You this morning that there are giants that have been in our lives. I can just sense like there's, there's been sin issues that have been in our lives that are like giants. And not only that, there is pain and trauma that has been like a giant. It's almost been like a Goliath laughing in your face and mocking you. And you think you're never gonna overcome it. But this morning, God is saying you will rise above it. Not only will you overcome it, you'll cut off its head, you'll rise above it, you'll live in a completely new place where that giant isn't there. It's not even there. It's not even on that plane. There is freedom this morning. There is freedom this morning. You are no longer slaves. You are sons, slaves to sons in an instant. Thank You, Jesus.